If you bend the truth, you might find yourself with a pretzel of lies. You are about to enter a world that blurs the line between fact and fiction, where truth is clouded by imagination. Five stories, some are real, some are fake. Join us as we play along with a television cult classic and go beyond, beyond belief. Hello and welcome to Beyond Beyond Belief, episode number 30. I'm Jesse Chapman. With me as always, Chris Newth. Holy shit! Kyle Maddock. That's a fact. Tiffany Persifka. What? And Mark Wahlberg. Why are you so serious right now? Today, we are reviewing season three, episode 11 of Beyond Belief Factor Fiction, which, if you don't know, was a 1990s TV show hosted by Jonathan Frakes that featured five stories that defied explanation. Some of them were based on real events, others totally fake. In our show, we try to figure out which are fact, which are fiction, and we'd love you guys at home to play along with us. You might not be at home. You might be in a car. And you don't even have to know what Beyond Belief is. If you like strange stories, you will like our show. We'll summarize the stories for you. We'll make our own predictions. And at the end, we'll find out the truth together. That was a roller coaster ride. Oh, man. Guys, sometimes you got to bring the energy. You, it was brought. Mm-hmm. Well, pump, I, pump it up. I feel pump bad the because jams. I'm the only one who didn't change my intro. I did not roll with it. He was just shell-shocked. I, I was. Think. I didn't yeah, know what He went say. into shock. It was still a fact. You're okay. <laughs> We're all sitting in the same seats. Change, yeah. That's true. Thank you. <laughs> okay. I think there goes that energy. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, we there started went. off too strong. <laughs> yeah, I think I blew it. You can uh, only go downhill ooh. from there. Man, that was like an ab workout a little bit. <laughs> I figured you were so excited about this episode because we had uh, writer Bob back. Well, Mike, let's say this. Bob and Mike are the dynamic duo the, yeah they are they are the batman and robin of this series and they just bring it and they brought some interesting fun episodes and with that said let's dive right in story number one you guys is called deadbeat daddy deadbeat daddy <laughs> boop, boop. did anyone else ever think that don't wake daddy was like he's a, like an alcoholic yeah he's a it's a scary game where yeah you, it's like yeah don't don't wake him up he'll beat us yeah, yeah like it's like really a like that game would not be made today it shouldn't be or i mean why not don't wake mommy i mean that seems a lot less scary to me how about like, we let everyone sleep in you didn't have my yeah. mom and we just try not to everybody's wake everybody's happy yeah, yeah exactly i this feel like christmas morning I we don't like, need to get up i feel like the dad's abusive and the mom's just like working two jobs and she's really needs her sleep she's like guys come on i you know i'm still have to wake up early and make breakfast yeah, for everybody. seriously it's, that's I, why they're sneaking into the fridge you know the commercial yeah, yeah. they're sneaking in the fridge are we talking about the same don't Wait, wake daddy is this not being recorded loose you cheated eddie what are you talking about? I saw you. I run a fair game here. You can ask any one of these guys. Tommy, why don't you tell me? Yeah, sure. I'll be back. And then we'll play by my rules. Bowling shirts, back in. Back in, Ooh, baby. Back in. Hot. We're going to the, the rink. Is it a bowling rink? No. That's a alley. Rink. Alley. We're going to the alley. <laughs> We're going to down some dogs. We're going to have some popcorn <laughs> and play some ski ball. Did I watch a different story? I know. What are we talking about? Oh, I was just. Commenting. I thought this was a tale about why I don't talk to attractive women at bars. <laughs> it's it's a cautionary. T- every tale, tale. is that guy. Okay. <laughs> no, it definitely <laughs> was that story. But he was wearing a bowling shirt. Mm-hmm. That's it true. Was, it was hot. 
All right, guys, so I'm going to give the summary here. A bar owner with extreme luck or skill is always winning at bar bets, and he often cheats to win, too, on top of it. He also has an ex-wife that's asking for child support, but even though he has the money, he is not going to pay. So one day, a femme fatale enters the bar and puts a curse on him, taking his luck away, such that even with his cheating, he can't even win any money. So he's looking bad, he's losing all his money, and then one day later, his luck magically returns. He goes right back to his old horrible ways of winning, sometimes cheating. And then his ex-wife comes back and says, hey, I still need the money. He refuses to pay. And at that moment, the femme fatale returns and says, hey, I'll make you a final bet, $100,000. And she slaps the cash on the bar. If you lose, I get your bar. If you win, you get the $100,000. He's like, okay, what's the bet? She's like, I flip a coin. Heads I win, tails you lose, which is clearly an uh, impossible bet to win. And so he takes the bet in a weird kind of like, is she a vampire, like glamoring him into taking this bet, which he's so smart he shouldn't have taken it. Anyway, he takes the bet, he loses, and then the femme fatale gifts the bar to the ex-wife. And so she comes out ahead. And then he kills himself later. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just oh, right. Like, as an aside, there's yeah. like, and by the way. And what, what are we really talking about here? A woman made a bet at a bar and a guy lost? Is that really what it boils down to? I guess. Or it's like, was she, we, were we supposed to believe she was some sort of weird guardian angel, but for the ex-wife, but we're seeing it from the But the first time that she met him had nothing to do with the ex-wife, right? And one of my biggest issues just narratively is this whole, like, you had a chance for redemption. And I was like, what chance? Like, what was this weird lesson well, that he, he was supposed to be learning? How could Maybe, him- I think her reasoning was, if I give him the ability to start winning again, to get his lucky streak back, that he will do something good for other people, including mm-hmm. his ex-wife. I read it as it being tied into the ex-wife from the beginning, even though the woman and the ex-wife weren't, like, together, they didn't see each other, but this woman was coming. She to, was like, definitely doing it for the ex-wife's benefit yeah and even the first time when she like lost but it was like she was cursing him after that and it was all to get him to be a better person i don't know that's how i read it again i thought this was actually completely ridiculous like i don't even understand what the colonel is supposed to be but yeah i i kind of see a a guy at the bar like kind of luck got his luck going on and then he sort of gets smitten with some attractive girl and he sort of kind of loses his luck or like he's so interested in her that he sort of can't keep that luck going. Um, and then so every time he bumps into this girl, he like loses his luck. I don't know. That seems a plausible thing. No, the idea that someone comes into this nasty guy's life and then just totally ruins it and then uh, and then teaches him some kind of lesson. I just like the I just want it to be real. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll still vote that way. But I want it to yeah, it, have it, it, happened. It, it is a nice story of like, you know, I'm going to put you in your place. Mm-hmm. That is good. Um, the one other thing I want to point out is, you know, a lot of times in post-production sound editorial, they'll record like background voices. They call it loop group <laughs> where they come in and these people are incredible. They come in and they fill in the the kind of extras because on set extras are not allowed to say spoken lines. So it's all the background chatter of like, yeah, oh, 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 very nice. Oh, I'll, I'll take two, you know, whatever. And in this one, it was like some complete <laughs> sounded to me and we'll play it, but it sounded to me like it was like a, like a group of walruses just like <laughs> like alien alien speech or something all right let's go ahead and move on to predictions what do we think fact or fiction i'll go first do i think it's possible that a guy got unlucky and then like lost a bet yeah i'm going fact on this one tiffany yeah, I feel like I keep coming back to that as well, where it's just 
asking us to believe that this guy's luck came and went. Um, and so I'm also going to go fact. Chris, th- there's a there's a chance. We've seen this happen before. People coming into someone else's life to either bring good or ill. And that has been true before. So I'm going to say fact. Mark. I have said absolutely nothing about <laughs> this story. Because I have no opinion. Um, uh, you know what, though? It do- there is... There is an urban legend quality to this as well. So based on that alone, and because I want to be a contrarian, get it? Yeah, I do. Because he's, oh, he's, he's a con man. Yeah, yeah I'm going to go fiction. All right, <laughs> Kyle. There's so much in here that is just so possible. Fact. I'm going fact. All right, guys, we've all made our predictions, but we have one more prediction to make, which is the prediction of random chance. We're going to flip a coin. If it gets heads, the coin's going to predict fact. If it gets tails, the coin's going to predict fiction. And we just do this to see if at the end of the show, we are outsmarted by complete random chance. And it was actually extra fun this week because Jonathan Frakes was flipping coins and there was a coin in the episode. There was a lot of coin chat. Yeah, the coin made a cameo. We had no idea the coin was actually in Beyond Belief. It, it's it, famous now. It is. <laughs> it is. Uh, it has been full toe. Can we interview the coin? <laughs> so you know, uh, we have him every day on our show, and we never take the time to interview that guy. Coin, when you land on heads, how does it feel? It doesn't talk much. All right, guys, let's go ahead and flip it and see what it predicts. Okay, the coin's voting fiction, and we are going to move on to our second story of the day, which is called Ghost Town. We got beer, but it ain't cold. Fine. I'll drink anything. My truck broke down. I really need to fund a gas station. Do you mind if I use your phone? My what? Your telephone. Why do I have to explain everything here? That'll be two bits for the beer. All right, Tiffany, you're going to give us the recap on this one. What happened? So we're following a photographer who is doing a series on ghost towns, but his car breaks down, he is out of water, and somehow he finally stumbles on an actual ghost town. He actually starts taking pictures right away, but then he starts hearing music, and there's a saloon, and he walks into the saloon, and it's like he's went back in time. Everybody is dressed up in like 1800s garb. Um, he goes up, he tries to get a beer. They don't know what $20 bill is. They don't know what phones are. A sheriff actually like grabs him outside. And while he tries to make a phone call, the sheriff takes out his gun, shoots through the phone, and then throws him in jail. And this the whole time, this guy is just completely confused. No idea what's going on. He wakes up in a jail cell the next morning. The jail's open. He goes outside and he's back seemingly in present day and a police car is coming up. But he tries to explain to the police officer who's the exact same guy as the bartender in the saloon. Very Wizard of Oz. Very like. Wizard of Oz. Um, he explains to him what's going on. He's like, oh, it must have, you know, heat stroke. It happens all the time out here. But then the photographer sees his phone on the ground with a seemingly a bullet hole through it. So that's kind of the proof that it actually, quote unquote, happened. But yeah, the smoking phone. The sm- <laughs> Credits so to Mark. Credits to Mark. There you go. He said that. This story is asking us to believe, can a man walk into a ghost town saloon and have either heat stroke or an actual experience with ghosts or something to where he believes that this whole, you know, ghost town is revitalized, which more ridiculous than any other explanation Jonathan Frakes has offered in the history of this show. He said, is it possible that it was heat stroke? Or maybe it was a, a prank being played by a bored movie crew. <laughs> 
What an elaborate explanation <laughs> right? for that. Because, you know, movie crews, they've just got time to kill. <laughs> yeah, And they're just going to put on this whole fucking production. <laughs> Who's paying them for that? <laughs> I'm so dumbfounded by the weirdness of this story. Tiffany, did you mention that he picks up a newspaper and sees that he is in 1848? Um, can I also state for the record that the actual period of the Wild West, I happen to know, is from 1865 to 1895, well after 1848. thank you, Chris. Fiction. Let's move on. (laughs) Okay, so this was a year before the gold rush. Listen, I don't know a lot about history. (laughs) Well, you Um, know that the 49ers are named after the gold rush to California in 1849. Of course we know. Yeah. That's totally obvious. (laughs) Well, obviously. um, I did hear, though, that there's actually a a very short period of time where, like, the cowboy age that we know it from TV and movies was actually a thing. Fact. (laughs) Wow. Now we're back to fact. Oh, boy. (laughs) This is a roller coaster. Again, well, like the is, intro. This is a boring discussion on what I thought I was going to be a really weird <laughs> Someone's going to fast forward to this and be like, are they just talking about history? <laughs> <laughs> Alexander Graham Bell invented the phone. You know, guys, this is heat stroke right? or fiction. Or, right? like, or the show wanted to use a really cool set and decided we have this location. Let's make a Wild West story. And it's just this guy saying this happened. And I guess if he was taking pictures of ghost towns, it could be a cute little story that's added to you know pictures that he took like i don't know but, but that makes me think it's fact because it's just a guy saying yeah, like, hey, i had thing. heat stroke and i started seeing weird stuff but what's the go- and all of a sudden now there's a story yeah. about a guy thinking he's in the 1840s which it would be fact because the guy told a story about but how he, he got heat the only thing i push back on that, that is i know that this doesn't always work out mm-hmm. for us but i have to believe that there is a threshold of plausibility mm-hmm. in the in oh, the writers in the writers choosing a mm-hmm. fact based story and if if it's one guy with one account no witnesses his story the, the writers would get that and be like this is just too weak to put in the show as a fact story it's just so thin i know there's what been the, thin what if the guy had a bullet hole in his phone and then he told the story you know, and then if they had said, what if like, the guy was out like somewhere in the desert doing some sort of drug deal and went south? He got a he like he got shot at, shot his cell phone, and then he got away from it. And when the cops found him, he was like, "Fuck, I can't tell him that story." Let me just pretend I got heat stroke. And I was in I thought I was in the west, and I have this phone with a bullet hole in it to prove that I'm not crazy. I thought I was in the wild west, and I got shot at by a sheriff. Fiction. Oh, fiction. Oh, okay. <laughs> the fiction. We're back. We swung the other way. All right, guys. Let's go ahead on to predictions. That was beautiful, Kyle. Kyle, okay, thank you. why don't you go first? Fact um, or fiction? I'm going to go with my story. Fact. <laughs> All right, Tiffany. Oh. What a whipsaw. What? I really thought I was Wait, what's a whip song? I don't know. I just, this sounds like something that goes back and forth. (laughs) (laughs) Tiffany, fact or fiction? No, you've heard the phrase whipsawed back and forth. I my hair back and forth. I whipsawed my hair back and forth. That's where I heard it. That's where I heard it. That's it. What do you got? Um, I'm torn. My I initially wrote down fact when we were watching it, but then as we've been talking and the whole like Wizard of Oz thing and like, I'm going to go with fiction. I'm going to go with fiction. That's what my gut's telling me right now, but it's not what it told me earlier, so... In some way, either way, I'm right. <laughs> That's so how it works. Yeah. Chris, wh- what are we talking about? Time travel here? Because that's the yeah. only possibility. Fiction. <laughs> All right. I'll, what are we talking about? Time travel here? <laughs> Where we're going, we don't need dirt roads. <laughs> All right. I'll go next. Yeah. I think there does need to be a minimum threshold of at least a witness or something in order for it to be a fact story, which I might be wrong about. But I am going to go fiction on this one. Mark. 
you know, there's a kernel in there that's fact, but I mean, it is completely ridiculous. I'm going to go fiction. All right. We have all made our predictions, and now it's time to flip a coin. Coin's going to vote fact. Kyle, you've got someone on your side. And we are going to move on to story number three, which is called The Sewing Machine. I can give you $1,500 for the whole lot. $1,500? Well, the sewing machine alone must be worth more than that. That machine is a piece of history. My grandmother was a seamstress at MGM Studios over 60 years ago, and she made a lot of great costumes on that machine. You have my offer. You may take it or you may leave it. Hmm? Kyle, give us the old recap. Woo, all right. We are looking at a couple in debt in this episode. They decide they're going to try to sell off all the guy's grandma's stuff. So they have an appraiser come check out the attic with this beautiful old sewing machine that sewed costumes for all the MGM movies back in the day. And the appraiser says $1,500 for everything. They can't believe it. It's too low. They're like, we need time to think about it. They send them off. That night they're in bed and they hear this rumbling from upstairs and they go upstairs and the sewing machine has come to life. It is bouncing and and jumping and jiving it is all over the place and they go over there and there's i don't know a a a piece of cloth that says gwtw and then they pull out a dress that i guess wasn't there before either and it is it has a tag on it and it's vivian lee's costume from gone with the wind which we later realized they sold and made a whole bunch of money. So this story is asking us to believe, could the kind of spirit of the grandmother have brought to their attention uh, these very valuable items uh, that they could have gotten out of debt with? And I got to ask you guys, because I was wondering the same thing that you asked, was the dress there the whole time or did it appear? Yeah. It was unclear. unclear. I feel like it's supposed to be implied it was there the whole time. No, oh, like I got they were the going to like I feel like it appeared. Oh, I thought it was like, it's all this like in boxes. And so they're not realizing the treasures they really There have. was a bunch of junk in that room. So it was, yeah. It they was had huge. an appraiser come. Wouldn't the guy open a box if it was sitting? Yeah. Good point. No, what a bad make, appraiser. And then there's a cloth on it that says GWTW. And then they're like, that's weird. Wait, what's that? And then the dress is like, so even if the dress was hidden, somehow it magically came out and laid itself like pretty this much is, right next This to is the... falling under the complicated theory to me because the, the, the elements of this story boil down to this. An appraiser comes gives them a lowball offer, then they discover that they have an old dress. And it's like, why did the sewing machine need to come to life? That doesn't ever actually tie in. Mm-hmm. Why did the cloth with Gone with the Wind initials GWTW need to be there? Right. They didn't, that's not worth anything. That was just so, in the sewing machine. Maybe they could have found that earlier and they're like, well, GWTW, what, what does, does that, that mean? mean? Like yeah. in the beginning of the story. Yeah, exactly. But but at the same time, I'm it, like, would they have not fa- would they have not gone through? Maybe the appraiser missed it, or maybe the appraiser saw it and lowballed them anyway. Oh, I believe either of those scenarios. Okay, okay. But what I don't believe is that these people would not have combed through their grandmother's possessions themselves. Yeah. Wouldn't the grandmother have told him, "Hey, I worked on Gone with the Wind." Yeah, here's a couple things. One thing. <laughs> I got a few points. Think- Number one, and my only point. <laughs> I don't think studios let the people take. The wardrobe away, especially a big movie like that. Didn't this story heavily imply that the sewing machine, which was rattling and shaking by itself, was creating that dress? <laughs> yeah, it, it was weird because I know what I know. That's why, I know why that's did it silly. come to life? Is this like, Cinderella? Is it saying it's making it? No, yeah, that's it, why I said Rumpelstiltskin at one point. I think point. it's so the GWTW that night. The last time we saw 
an inanimate object going crazy was the milk jug. No, it was the barbecue. Oh, oh right. Before, we've had a couple then yeah. that have been true. Wait, was the milk jug true as well? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Okay, but this has this has so. like a Hollywood urban legend vibe to it. Do you know what else it reminds me of is Elvis's bike. Do you remember that episode yeah. where they find this old bike, Titus, yeah. <laughs> the comedian, finds this old bike in his like woodshed or whatever, and then it turns out to be Elvis's mm-hmm. prized old and bike. That was, is that true? I don't remember. <laughs> oh, I can look back through my notes. Wait, so what kind of urban legend is that? Yeah, and the fact that they even had this, like there was a the, the paper on the dress that was like worn by Vivian Lee and... Gone with the wind, like you know. It, well, but does that make it seem fictiony to you? Because like, well, why would that come that on, perfect the, tag the be tag there? Tag isn't gonna yeah. matter. No, no, I know the tag doesn't matter, but it <laughs> the was smoking one, tag. Yeah, smoking tag. <laughs> but I felt like I don't know. There's just there's something that felt very fictiony and like convenient. That was the bike that Jay Leno wanted to buy. Correct. Yeah. That was fiction. Oh. Okay. Well, with that, let's go into our own predictions. Chris, first up, fact or fiction? I'll make this simple for you guys. Okay. Milk jug, barbecue, count mystery of the horse. If it jiggles, it's fact. <laughs> fact. Oof. If it jiggles, it, I it's like fact. Did, did count mystery jiggle? I, I, I know a lot of things that jiggle <laughs> that are fake. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. All Mark, Jesus. why don't you go next? Fact or fiction? Titties. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> You can't use it. Please don't. <laughs> don't save yourself. Just go for it, you know? Live in it. Live in it, Mark. Live in the titties. That's right. Live in it. <laughs> uh, anyway. That's my life motto. <laughs> Please just, just vote. Which one? Fact or fiction? Just titties. choose. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to go fact on this one. I think the colonel is very possible. Kyle. I'm getting a... Uh... I'm getting a fake vibe from this story, and I I don't know if it's you the guys act- can't see, but Kyle's doing a little shimmy dance, doing a little shimmy. I don't know if I'm getting a fake vibe because of the actor's delivery in this episode, but uh, I'm gonna go fiction. Tiffany, yeah, there's something that feels fiction to me, or uh, yeah, fiction. Make sure I'm seeing the right ones. I'm also gonna go Welcome. fiction. That was the first one I thought of too. So, all right, I'll go last. Is it possible that people found an old dress? and then sold it and got a lot of money. Yeah, I'm going to go fact on this one. Now it's time to flip a coin. Fiction. All right. With that, we're going to be moving on to story number four, which is called The Sleepwalker. Someone has cast a dark and ancient spell. Spell? Come on, this is ridiculous. You have been hexed, Mr. Woodward. You are doomed to wander in the night for the rest of your life. You will leave your home one day, and you will not return. Wait a minute, this is crazy. Did the writers just steal this from Are You Afraid of the Dark? I think so. Mark, I I just read this. Read the the recap from Are You Afraid of the Dark, and it might as well apply to both. Oh right, because I didn't forget I was doing the recap for this one. <laughs> Let me go grab my Are You Afraid of the Dark DVD booklet. Um, What's a DVD booklet? <laughs> it's a booklet that comes... It explains the stories. You, you know, know, like when video games used to have instructions. That bothers me so much. 
even though I never read the instructions. Um, so Leon. Was it instructions or just character bios? <laughs> instructions. It'd be like, here's what the buttons do in yeah. this game. Here's how you roll and punch and kick yeah. and mm. jump. I mean, the instructions in the, in the case is so important. Remember Metal Gear Solid for PlayStation? Holy shit. The code for one of yeah, the Yeah, you needed the case. The, it's in the back. You needed it. Amazing. Spoilers. Tiffany's giving you the get to the summary look. <laughs> I want to eat dinner soon. <laughs> So this one's called The Sleepwalker because it follows Leon, the husband and father, who is also a sleepwalker. And it is getting really bad. He just goes off every night. He stumbles around. Uh, he actually steps on his daughter's dollhouse, which is her favorite toy. He feels really bad. So he helps her like rebuild it. It's like a nice moment. Uh, you know, he goes to the psychic who actually tells him he's going to walk out the door one day and just not come back. And so the wife is freaking out. She puts bells on his wrist so she can hear him. The sleepwalking gets worse. And then one day he just walks out of the house and she wakes up and can't find him. She files a police report and nothing. But then her daughter's like, Mommy, I know where Daddy is. I'll show you. And she opens up her dollhouse and takes out a doll that looks a lot like the dad that wasn't there before. And I think there's even tiny bells wrapped around the wrist. Don't wake doll dad. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, this story is asking us to believe, could a man have slept walk away and and never to return to to which I say, didn't he just like have like an affair and just like leave his wife or something and leave a doll for (laughs) the the, kid. Well, that's what the the cop said. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm with the cop. I just (laughs) like, what's the implausibility in this story? He became a doll. Yeah, did he? Like, where did, where did a doll that looked like the dad all of a sudden show up? Well, did, was he like ha- while he was having the fair before he left her, like carve a doll of himself? He yeah. can fix to, a dollhouse. He can carve a doll. Oh, I got it. He That's bought not necessarily accurate. <laughs> um, he buys the doll from that voodoo doll lady that we saw from a long time ago. Oh God! Then oh. the sewing machine comes to life and <laughs> and makes little doll clothes for him that w- and then he wears exactly those clothes for a few days before he goes missing so that everyone oh, knows, so the like, doll clothes were made first and then he just went to like Macy's mm-hmm. and bought similar looking clothes yes I like it and Wait, then he, where and, does the milk dog come in what's the kernel of truth here guys I have no fucking clue this, well, this story's weird this one really drives me crazy because there's no tie into the dolls really there's not like a thing you know if you're gonna have an episode where someone becomes a a doll. Make the dollhouse haunted. Make something going on with the dollhouse. Yeah, like, what are they trying to tell us? That he slept walk into a different doll dimension? Oh, yeah, like, if you like, buy if you buy into the like supernaturalness that. of like, it, I what is that? I don't that. even understand what they're saying there. The, that's why I don't understand it either. All I know is this weird doll is in a lot of trouble if he thinks he's safe, because that daughter puts that dollhouse right on the staircase at night, <laughs> which is stupid. Yeah, that's yeah, why, that's yeah, why he stepped on the dollhouse. step on it, then what does he have to worry about? And it's just weird, the whole curse. Oh, it's like a chicken egg thing. If he's... <laughs> If he's the doll, he doesn't have to worry about getting stepped on by himself. Kyle just blew this out of the water. It's Schrodinger's daddy. <laughs> but no, and then they also threw a curse in for like, oh, no yeah, reason. that's true. They the go, psychic. Yeah, the psychic's like, you've been cursed and there's oh, nothing right. you can do about it. You're destined to just walk out of the house and never come back. But I'm like, isn't he technically still in the house if he is a doll? I just felt what like. What if the dad was having an affair with the psychic? Oh, interesting. And they planned it together. The wife's like, we need to speak to some spiritual advisor. He's like, I know one. I know one. I'm trying to think, what if this was in a different time period? It would be so much more plausible. Than 1920s. This actually feels like 1700s. Some like old, like colonial this almost. Like Salem like, witch trials. Yeah. Like, you know, some, oh, you're destined, you've been cursed and you're going to sleepwalk out of the house. Like, and turn yeah. Into yeah. A doll. All right. Well, let's go on to predictions. Let's find out. Do we think it's fact? Do we think it's fiction? Mark. It's the barbecue thing. You know, it's like so insane. It's too fiction to be fiction. 
Um, oh boy, I'm gonna go fact. Kyle. Yeah, I don't think the writers would make a story that doesn't connect. Like this one doesn't connect with the doll and a sleepwalking yeah. thing. I really want to say fiction. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to fiction. <laughs> oh, that's so well said, though. All right, I'll go next. Do I think it's possible that a man leaves a family without a trace? Yes, but I'm going to go fiction. Tiffany. Kind of leaning a little bit with Mark on this one and that it's such a ridiculous story. You know, I'm going to go with my initial gut and say fiction. Chris. You know, ghostly rules-wise, someone disappears and becomes a doll. No. Fiction. But I'm tired of not getting 100 in this game. And I'm going to change it up. And it's going to mean that I change my strategy a little. And so I'm going to say fact. Mm -hmm. All right. We've all made our predictions. And now the coin will as well. The coin is predicted fact. And we are moving on to our fifth and final story of today's episode, which is called money laundry that afternoon i filled the coin changer with my last hundred and fifty dollars in change i was feeling very fearful about the future what was going to become of me and my children i really needed a miracle but i got just the opposite i was about to experience a terrible moment all right chris you're going to give us the recap for money laundry i am Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... <laughs> Everyone's really on Don't point game wake today. Chris. <laughs> so this story is about a woman named Maria who works at a laundromat. And her boss, and I guess landlord, is not a great guy. Because his place was broken into and a lot of these valuable coins were stolen from him, he decides to take it out on Maria and raise her rent, which she can't afford. Uh, Maria, in desperation, prays for some minor miracle to help with the situation. And what ends up happening is three guys break into the laundromat while she's there, destroy a bunch of property, and then they keep putting coins into this machine that spits out quarters. And in the end, the landlord realizes that the coins that were used in that machine were the stolen coins that were taken from his place. And so he has this huge uh, change of heart and uh, allows her to live rent-free and everything works out for the best. So this story is asking us to believe, is it possible that some nearly priceless coins were stolen, sentimentally priceless, but also very valuable uh, in a robbery and then turned back around the next day? The the thugs don't understand the value of these coins. They think they're just like dummy coins or whatever, and they're exchanging them for 25 cents each. Sounds like a coincidence to me. Yeah, I mean, it's very yeah. coincidental. The The thing that I didn't understand really is, do you believe that thieves are so stupid not to think that these coins might not have inherent value. Like, I feel like when you mm-hmm. steal coins yeah. from Especially a place, if they're in a case or something. Yeah. Why that did you like, steal them in the first place? Yeah, exactly. You you're going to steal anything. them because they're worth something. You're not going to put them into a coin machine. Help. I don't know. Yeah, that's what bothered me is this whole idea that these thieves were coming in, trying to find money, and then they just took their time and just like put a coin in at a time to <laughs> also, get quarters. Yeah, no, no, things. no. They they left the scene with $16.75. <laughs> right, exactly. But they were they were treating it like they were at Vegas. Ding, ding, ding. Woo, we're getting money. Yeah, they were breaking glass. Yeah. It was very the joke. Well, back in 1999, quarters were worth the... Never mind. <laughs> I think there's a kernel here where some kids 
like 10, 11, something like that, stole these coins. They can't try to do anything with it because then they'll get in trouble. So they just go to like soda machines, like things that kids do. Maybe in a laundry shop or something. I don't think the laundry shop's part of it. And then they use the coins and then it was, you know, returned to the, the guy found them somehow mm-hmm. somehow or the people heard that he lost his coins and they returned it to him. Yeah, I think the Maria and her the employer story I feel like is pretty much fictionalized. Like obviously they're bringing the prayer thing in is that's kind of like the beyond belief like they have to decide on. Yeah, it seems very pl- it seems very realistic that a guy could be robbed and then at the scene of another robbery something that got stolen appears. Right. And, right. and did they that use it to exchange coins? Who yeah, knows? That's the, probably not. They, they probably did they drop a, them? Yeah, they dropped them okay. or whatever. Okay, not far-fetched, but maybe made up? I mean, that's possible. So probably weird. not. But, it, right. just, it sounds like a lame thing for them to make up. I mean, with Bob Mark's, back Mark's in the analysis, this uh-huh. episode is just killer. <laughs> just, maybe made up? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> let's, just go, let's just go to predictions. <laughs> first up, I'll go first. Do I think it's possible that some stolen no i here here's the thing i i don't i don't there's so many details that would have to be gimmies in the, if this story actually happened the fact is like oh the maria story is the fictionalized the landlord putting him in the slot machine is the thing it's like it's too many things that you'd have to kind of stretch i just really don't buy the story at all i know that it's plausible if you strip all of the details out but that's too many details to strip so i'm going fiction mark for the complete opposite of what you just said, Jesse. Fact. <laughs> Fantastic. Chris. I think they got a bad deal, as they say, uh, the writers, that is. And they were faced with this factual story that they had to kind of make seem right by having them break into a laundromat and steal some quarters. So I guess I'm going to say fact. You look really confused about it. <laughs> Tiffany. <am> too. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think there's a kernel that was just built up into something a lot more unbelievable, but I still think the kernel is fact. Kyle. Jesse, to you, I say, strip away those facts. Give me that 5% kernel of truth. This story is fact. Fantastic. All right, guys, we've all made our predictions, and now the coin will predict as well. The coin is gone, is also going fact. So I'm the lone gunman on this one, or the lone laundro mat on Wow, that was terrible. Yeah, this one man, nope. couldn't save it. Well, in a minute we're gonna find out which stories are fact and which are fiction, so please stay with us. Hi guys, Jesse and Chris here. Chris, last week your grandmother called in on the podcast and told some seriously personal stories about her life as um, basically her powers as a psychic and how she's actually changed some of the people's lives around her. And for me, I have to say it was a very special moment for this show. Yeah, it was a really special moment for a lot of people, um, a really powerful response that we got. So this week, we've decided to call my grandmother. Yes. And she is someone who has a lot of stories. You know, I feel like every grandparent's got stories. I've heard great things about Ruby, and I'm excited to give her a call. Let's get her on the line. Hello? Hi, Grandma. Hello? Hi, Grandma. It's Jesse. Oh, hi. Hi. Hi, hi Ruby. It's Chris, Chris is here, too. Hi. Yeah. I remember I told you. Oh, we, hi, Chris. We, I quickly called you today to mention uh, that we would call you and um, you would share. You know, Chris's grandmother called in to our podcast last week uh, to share some really personal stories. Oh. 
And we thought it would be so great to have you share some of those stories, uh, some stories from from your own life. Maybe maybe they're supernatural or uh, beyond belief in some way that we could share on our show this week. Well, I mean, you know, when your grandfather died, when he was shot, and when we were mugged, I feel like that was the real first time I had a brush with death. I'm sorry. You know, we I, I'm sorry. Uh, I was certain that he had died of cancer or something. I thought that your, that was your grandfather and I rest his soul. We were leaving the bank. We walk around the corner and this guy comes up and says, give me all your money. And your grandpa says, okay. And I say, no, don't give him the money. And then the guy shoots your grandpa. He takes the money and he runs. And that's how your grandpa died. We, we did. I'm sorry. The cancer was alive. Oh my God. I'm so sorry to hear that Ruby. That's, know. that's tragic. Um, so uh, did you say yeah. that you you said not to give the money? Yeah, I said don't give them the money. We need that money. D- what came of that? Did is this is this part of a, so, a supernatural? So after your grandpa dies, and you know you do the funeral, and everyone comes to the house, and they send you cards and plates of meat. One day I open my door, and there's this African American woman. I'm like, okay, who are you? She says, did you just lose your husband? I said, I didn't lose him. He's dead. And she goes, I'm getting these feelings like I know him. And I'm like, you know what, lady? You're trying to sell me a vacuum or something. You're doing a bad job. But <laughs> then she comes in the house wearing a pink hat, a pink suit, like dress suit. Yeah. You know, Grandma, <laughs> I got to I gotta say, that's. You, it sounds... It says weird, but it sounds like you're actually describing the outfit Whoopi Goldberg was wearing in the movie Ghost. The movie Ghost? No. Yeah, with Patrick Swayze. Ghost? Yeah, does Patrick Swayze to me more no. Whoopi Goldberg? I don't. No, I haven't been to the movie since your grandfather died. I, I haven't gone. I don't like holding on to paper tickets. The ink gets on my fingers, and I don't like it. So this lady's sitting there, and she says, "I can prove it to you." And she takes out her coin purse. Okay. She opens it up. She pulls out a shiny penny, and that penny floated towards my face. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. This is not a shiny penny. And I said, I said, what? Okay, Ruby. floated towards me, Jesse. I I don't mean to offend you, and I hope that this doesn't come off that way. Chris and I are huge fans of scary movies, you know, ghost stories. We've both seen the movie. And what you're describing is exactly a scene from the movie Ghost. I don't like scary movies. This is just my real life, okay? I can't lie about I can't lie about it. Uh, okay, well, why don't why, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're pro, you're right. It could have just been a, a coincidence. coincidence. So yeah. why don't you just continue and we'll give you we'll give you the floor. So after the lady leaves my house, I'm distraught. Okay, I just saw money fly, and she said it was because of your grandpa. Like I got to get out of the house. I go down to the YMCA, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm gonna take a class, it's like bocce ball, uh, croquet. And I see one that really, really strikes my eye. So I walk down the hall and I turn left into this room and it's a pottery class. And I walk over to my little wheel and I sit down and I'm kind of making a bowl at first and then I'm making like a vase. But then all of a sudden I feel these hands on my hands. 
Tears started to fall from okay, my eyes. Okay, Ruby, I'm so sorry, but um, I feel like every story you've told us today is just a different scene from the movie Ghost. Yeah. You, you know, we, I was trying to give you the benefit of the doubt with all of this, but then you go for the whole pottery, the pottery scene. That's, scene. The, that's most the most famous it, it's ghost It's an iconic scene. scene. Um, you know, honestly disrespectful to, to Grandpa's memory, and I feel like he you probably... You talk to me about disrespectful. You don't call on Christmas. You don't call on Hanukkah. Whoa, I'm so okay. Those. okay. You don't call for them. Grandma, can you do my podcast so I can get subscribers on Stitcher? Okay. Uh, you know what? We're not on I Stitcher, but... This. I don't have any... If I had ghost stories, I wouldn't tell you them. Oh, my this God. Is, okay, now I see what's going on. You're mad at me for not keeping more in touch with you, so you decided to agree to yes. this phone call and just waste our time? Yeah, waste our time. I had to listen to your podcast last week. I hear Christopher's grandmother on there. I almost threw my iPod shuffle out the window, I was, and that's my favorite thing I own. She's got a shuffle I still? I so mad. You call everyone else. I sit at home alone. If I died, no one would find me for six weeks. Whoa, okay, hold on. Ruby, I'm so sorry. I feel like this might be maybe a personal thing that you and Jesse should maybe take offline at some point because I don't know if this is the appropriate place for this. You're both in this. Oh. I hope your podcast fails. <laughs> oh, my oh my God. You don't know me at all. <laughs> oh my God, this is not going well, Jesse. Oh, no, she just hung up. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> She just okay, she's gone. She is gone. Well, that didn't go so hot. Um. Which stories were fact? Which stories were fiction? First up, first story, Deadbeat Daddy. This is the one about the con man who, you know, got a involved in a femme fatale and made him unlucky, made him lucky, and then tricked him out of his bar and gave it to the ex-wife. <laughs> this is crazy. I think this actually happened, though. Tiffany, Kyle, Chris, you guys agree with me. Mark, you are the lone fiction on this one. I don't remember it that way. <laughs> well, okay. my paper does. Let's find out what the truth is. If you thought this story was based on a real-life occurrence, you're right. It's inspired by a bar and grill where a similar story took place in the late 70s. It happened. Fact. Oh, I'm so, 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 so happy about that one. <laughs> Why? Because I wanted that one to be real, and now it is. <laughs> Aw, and everything in the world is okay. Mm-hmm. Why don't you go visit that bar and grill then? Marry it. <laughs> Marry that Aww. grill. Mark, don't be bitter. Marinate oh. that grill. All right, let's move on to story number two, which is called Ghost Town. This is the one about the Old West, and he got a bullet through the phone to prove it. Kyle, you think this story actually happened? Tiffany, Chris, Mark, and myself disagree. We think it is fiction. Let's find out what the truth is. Did you think this story really happened? We got you, partner. It's a fake. Fiction. Sorry, Kyle. Damn, it I was going for broke on that one. Faker than those. That one was so fake that Ladies. I had to go fact. <laughs> <laughs> Faker than what? You know. Titties. Oh. oh. How did okay. I miss you saying that? I don't know. I shouldn't Jesus say that. Christ. Let's move on to story number three, which is called The Suing Machine. This is the one about the suit. Spelled S-E-W. Yeah, suing. Suing. Oh, okay. Like sewaging. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's how everyone machine. says it, too. We also didn't talk about my favorite quote of this episode. I, oh, I, how yeah. did we forget this? But the wife, when the sewing machine is like rattling uncontrollably upstairs, the wife is like, it's just the fridge. And then what does the guy say? Well, he opens yeah. up the door. Yeah, he opens up the door. He listens. And he's like, 
that ain't no fridge. Oh, that is not the fridge. <laughs> oh, yeah. That very, is not the fridge. It was very, yeah, it was very sitcom. Very, very sitcom. It was, yeah, it was good. Um, speaking of uh, sitcoms, it's going to be funny when Mark, Chris, and myself get this wrong, because what were we thinking? We think it's fact. Kyle Tiffany, you guys think it's fiction? Let's find out what the truth is. Is this story inspired by an actual event? Not this time. Our writer has exaggerated the truth. Fiction. Wait, wait, what? Wait, wait what? Isn't that so most it of is your true? fact stories? <laughs> Hold on. That was super confusing. <laughs> so the writers took truth, <laughs> exaggerated it, but too much. And then they had to say, this is fiction. So the truth, the truth, the truth part of the story was they found a dress in a thrift store that was not related to Gone with the Wind <laughs> yeah. at all. And then they just decided to change it to a house, change it to Gone with the Wind, change it to an expensive dress. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know what that means no one does he's just being no. crazy freaks crazy j freaks <laughs> all right guys let's move on to story number four which is called the sleepwalker this is the one about the you know totally normal story about the guy who slept walk out of the house and turned into a doll <laughs> you know <laughs> totally normal as it as you do <laughs> as you do mm-hmm. all right so mark chris you guys think that this actually happened Kyle, Tiffany, you think it's fake, and I agree with you. Let's find out what the truth is. Did a similar story to this one actually take place? Yes, it did, in Florida. In fact, when author Robert Trelins investigated the story, he was shown the doll that was the tiny replica of the father. Oh, oh my God. Fact. Oh, my God. Wow. Whoa. Well, I'm going to look into that one. Creepy. That is amazing. Wow. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm okay getting that wrong now. Good for you guys. Yeah, we got it right. We got the best one right. I swung for the fence and I hit it a home run. You swung for that doll and you hit it for a home run. (laughs) Didn't work out for you, Mark. Wow, I'm (laughs) circling that one, guys. Yeah, look into that. That is crazy. I want a picture of the real doll. Shown the doll. (laughs) What if I got the real doll? Oh, get him on the podcast. I'd love to interview him. Probably as talkative as a coin. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's move on to story number five, which is called Money Laundry. This is the one about the... A woman who prayed for something good to happen, and then some thieves broke in. Uh, this is uh, Mark, Chris, Tiffany, Kyle. You guys think this is seeped, in fact. And I'm the one that has poured my tea of fiction into a pot and drank it. Nothing to do with laundry. Yeah, I'm so confused. Let's find out what the truth is. <laughs> Was this story based on a real happening? According to our research, this happened in the vicinity of our nation's capital. It's inspired by an actual event. Fact. Well, guys, uh, what a crazy stock of stories this week. This was a weird one. But Bob I, and Mike, you know, they do have a certain flair. They got that beyond belief flair. Mm-hmm. Let's go around and find out who scored what. Did anyone only get one right this week? We all made it through. We all made it through. <laughs> through what? I don't know. <laughs> through the fire. Through the fire. It's going to burn you. It's hot, hot, hot. 400 degrees. Think about food again, aren't you? Um, really wanting a pizza. Um, did anyone only get two right? Yes, I did. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, Not man. a great week. The loser it of happens. the week. Not a, okay, we don't have to say the loser of the week. <laughs> the oh, loser we have, of the season. And we have, <laughs> that seems extreme. We have an award for you. Wait, where did you get the trophy printed? It looks like the a loser of the box. Doll with a You know what? Yeah. Guys, I was really offended until this beautiful trophy that says loser of the week in a very cursive font. It just like struck me. I'm, Look, there's I'm a, like there's, tearing up. I'm like, like a, tearing up. There's a little metal version of you crying uh-huh. against a wall. It's a little Wait, metal the doll. The cursive says 
L O T W. Oh my God. Oh wait my a God. second. Is that the exact loser of the week trophy they used in Gone with the Wind? <laughs> oh my God. Did anyone get three right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Mark and Kyle, you guys tied for three right. Yeah. Did anyone get four right? Chris, you skipped out on your hundred again. Oh, I know. <laughs> what was the story that. I messed up? Number th- oh, the sewing. Mm. I messed up the doll one. And Tiffany. I was so back and forth. You guys did great, though. Let's I know. Let's give Tiffany and Chris Yay. a round of applause. Yay. I was sitting here very nervous that Chris had a hundred. I was sweating. Me too. Always. I didn't. I didn't want to look. Because I always he wasn't saying anything. He wasn't so saying anything. He was just he was sitting sweating. there He's with like, that <laughs> fucking smug look. That you know smug that ass. smug <laughs> smile. You're never just gonna like get it. There. Trying to never help gonna you get it. It's never gonna happen weird. for you, Chris. Yeah. Where are the drugs, Chris? You're never gonna get under Chris. <laughs> Different episode. Um, All right. Well, and, uh, well, you two beat the coin, which was at sixty percent. Yes. Three out of five this week. Mm-hmm. So we're Very the only nice. ones who beat the coin. Yeah. Very right. nice. Very nice. Right. So, oh, oh, we could put to bed the whole theory of if it jiggles, it's true. Fact. <laughs> yeah. No one. No one else was paying attention. to Oh that yeah, I was. I was. I was right on there. <laughs> I was on the edge of my jiggling seat. Well, thank you guys for listening and playing along at home. And until next week, this is beyond. Beyond Belief. Beyond Beyond Belief is produced by five friends living in Los Angeles. Our theme song was written for this podcast by David Russo, who composed music for the original series. Our introduction voiced by Mark Winston. If you liked our podcast, please subscribe, rate us on iTunes, and tell a friend. All audio clips are strictly used for educational commentary and are copyright their original creators. Send us feedback, questions, or share your own story that is Beyond Belief by visiting our website at beyondbeyondbelief.com, as well as find the show notes and links to us on social media. Thanks for listening. I better see you in a couple months, or otherwise I'm going to call back. You'll, I'm you'll call see back me. This podcast. She's going to call back with another okay. uh, movie summary at some point. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And it'll be. A, I'll tell you about that time I was on that boat that sank. <laughs>